a revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies. And today, oh, we have such a special podcast. We have a birth story, and not just a birth story, a moving birth story that literally brought tears to my eyes, and I was awestruck listening to it. So the birth story comes from my friend, Kat Aquaviva. I've known Kat for over 10 years. She did our teacher training 10 years ago. She worked at the studio. I've had the joy of watching her now through two pregnancies and babies, and she's a really special person. So Kat, for the past 10 years, has been a yoga teacher in New York City and Los Angeles and specializes in vinyasa, prenatal, and postnatal yoga. Kat has taught and wrote the curriculum for 12 separate teacher training programs in her 10 years as a teacher, guiding students through intelligent sequencing and articulate pedagogy. And her intrinsic interest in birth has led her to take two separate birth and postpartum doula certifications through Dona International and Doula Trainings International. But more importantly, she just had a baby last week. Oh, and I was so, so excited to speak with her. Her two births could not be more different, and her approach to these two births that she's had could not be more different. So she shared a little bit about her first birth and then her approach to her second birth, and she actually sent me some videos to see of her second birth, and I was awestruck. I think you're really going to enjoy this special, special story from an incredible person. Before we get to that, um, I want to say thank you. We've had the most amazing people showing up for class, and I am loving that people from all over the world are coming to class. And one of our students, Sophie, hi Sophie, is taking class with us online and she is from New Hampshire. And she told me she started to listen to the podcast. Yay. And she wrote a really awesome review. So I want to read to you what she said. She says, how is this free? This podcast contains the wisdom of hundreds of paid classes. Deb covers every topic about birth and babies through a thought-provoking, insightful, and evidence-based lens. I know I can trust the material coming out of this podcast and in a sea of judgments and shoulds around pregnancy, birth, and babies. It is so helpful to have a North Star. I have also gotten to so much out of Deb's prenatal yoga classes. Yay, thank you. <laughs> if you're pregnant or a new mom, finding prenatal yoga center is a lifesaver. Thank you, Deb and PYC team. Thank you, Sophie, for leaving that rating and review. 
If you're listening to this podcast, I am asking you for the favor of jumping over to wherever you're listening to it from and leaving a rating and review. And I want to thank you for being a listener and for being part of our community. So also speaking of community, it is growing. It is so exciting to see that. And our teacher training community is continuously growing. We are just moving through these and I'm meeting the most amazing people, again, from all over the world. Our last training had someone from Switzerland. We had a couple people from from Canada. This next upcoming training, we I think, I'm, I can't remember specifically, I think she's from Ecuador. But how cool is that, that we can connect through Zoom, through this new technology and still work really intimately with one another. So our January, February training is starting soon, but we've got one more of the year for March and April. I have no idea what's going to happen in the fall. I don't know if we'll be back to -to face-to-face. I don't know if we'll still be online. I have no idea, but check it out if you are interested in our teacher training at prenatalyogacenter.com. And we've got a ton for yoga teachers, whether you want to specialize in prenatal or just have the skills to teach a pregnant person in class. And then again, all of our pre and postnatal and baby and me yoga classes are online as well as all of our workshops. And we actually have, I'm just going to wrap it up super quickly, but we have two new workshops I'm really excited about. We have a one day childbirth intensive. It used to be for the last 18 years, a two day weekend intensive, but I get it. People don't want to be on Zoom all weekend. So we shaved it down. It is a one day express. Check that out. And then we have have a new workshop called Comforting Touch. It is led by a doula who's also um, an acupuncturist and she has a background in massage. So she's taking all of those skills and she put it into one workshop. So we get coping skills, massage techniques, and acupressure that she'll be teaching you. So it's really great. It's called Comforting Touch. You can find that on our website. Okay. We're going to take a super quick break and we come back. Please enjoy this incredible birth story with Kat. A revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News and World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, Kat. I am so excited to speak with you. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing really well in the newborn haze, but um, in in total newborn love high right now. So Yay. <laughs> it's right, a good so that, place to be in. It totally is. Oh, that all that oxytocin going. So <laughs> as we were talking about before we started uh, recording, you've been listening to the podcast for a while. I mean, I guess we should even go like you and I have known each other for what, like 10 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's about that. Um, cause it was right when I did my teacher training, my first priority was to do a prenatal training after I graduated my 200 hour. And that was in, tw- in 2010. So oh 10 my years goodness. Ago. And, and a brief stint as our marketer, our marketing person. Uh-huh. Was that yep. before or after? That was 
before before your training okay yeah uh uh-huh and then um because I I remember signing myself up for the training at the studio (laughs) you're like I'm behind the desk I'll just sign myself right up it's true yeah in fact you probably I'm very impressed that you didn't then be like hey all the tests and quizzes are here (laughs) come on I know you you would never do that that. I know you would never do that (laughs) but it's been amazing to watch you go on this trajectory of having one child and then another and watch you grow as a teacher. So as we were talking that you just had your baby a, a week, mm-hmm. a week and a half ago, a week ago today. A week ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's been amazing that through the pandemic, I could still see you in class. That's been great. I know that really was a silver lining, you know, with, with all the complications and challenges that this year has, has brought everybody, you know, um, that was really a blessing. I was thinking about that as it related to my first um, pregnancy and my first birth that I didn't have you as a resource and the experience of, you know, practicing with PYC again, because we weren't doing the online thing. So yeah. I, it was like a blessing to be able to reconnect with this community that I really started me on this path and this journey. That's so great. I loved it. I loved when I saw your name first pop into the roster. I'm like, oh my God, I get to see Kat. So I know about you, but let's, how about you tell the listeners a little bit about you? And then we're going to talk about your, not just your recent birth, which I'm super excited to talk about, but also your mm-hmm. first birth and how, how things are, were different the second time around. So let's start with just a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, uh, my name is Kat Aquaviva. I am a yoga teacher, uh, like I said, for the past 10 years, um, starting out in New York City and then eventually uh, moving to Los Angeles, where I lived the past six years. Um, I teach vinyasa yoga, but super passionate about prenatal yoga, postnatal yoga, and all things really related to pregnancy. So, um uh, lots of other parts of my career that I won't mention at the, at this time, <laughs> but what I'm most excited about is, um, I'm amidst a, a full spectrum doula training right now. And I'm finally ready to pursue this as, um, a career path starting in the new year. So I'm really pumped about that, especially after, you know, a very recent birth experience. That is so great. Cause you did Did you do birth doula work before, correct? I did, but really, um, it was in 2008, I did a a donut training and I was like, I don't have enough life experience. I'm not ready for this yet. (laughs) So that's actually when I kind of shifted gears and I knew I wanted to stay in the birth world, but that's when I decided to, you know, study prenatal yoga Mm. and that kind of satiated my, my need and for being involved in this, um, you know, area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had so many students ask me to be their doula and I said no so many times. Um, but now I'm ready for it. So it's very exciting. That is so exciting. All right. So we're going to talk birth. Um, mm-hmm. it's funny because I know you had moved to LA when you had your first child. So mm-hmm. I didn't get to see you, but you know, through social media, um, I, I did like, I, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was a bit of a voyeur that way. So, and I know, I know, um, 
I believe your first child also was past the due date. Is that correct? She was. Yeah, she certainly was. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, Pan came a little sooner, but um, Everly, my daughter, she was um, born at 42 weeks and four days. Okay. So she was, she was quite late. I was induced at 42 and two. Um, So let's do a little uh, bit of an abridged version of that birth. Sure. Yeah. So um, that birth was radically radically different from this one in that, um, you know, I kind of put a lot of faith in what I already knew, um, from my years of studying prenatal yoga and sitting through childbirth education classes at prenatal yoga center. And, you know, all the books I had read, um, just satiating my own, you know, passion for all things pregnancy. Um, and I had been practicing prenatal yoga, but I didn't do like a ton of preparation as far as like learning pain coping skills. And I think that was something that was um, really necessary. I had a doula, um, but I, I was like greatly underprepared for the challenges that an induction would bring. Mm. So I was desperately hoping for a mechanical induction. Um, so that I could avoid medications. My, my, you know, vision was to have an unmedicated birth and, um, was really inspired by, you know, my mom having four natural births. And it was something that I just really wanted for myself. Um, and probably, um, put way too much pressure on myself to like, you know, quote unquote achieve. Mm -hmm. So, um, I went in for my induction after, you know, telling doctors, no, I'm comfortable waiting. I'm comfortable. I know I'm past due. It's fine. I'm I'm going to wait this out because I really wanted my body to go into labor naturally. Um, didn't happen. So when I went in, I was not dilated enough to have um, like a fully balloon. So uh, they started with Cervidil and, you know, set me up with the expectation that, okay, we'll check in in 12 hours. You'll probably need a second dose. We'll see if it's, you know, making an effect at all. So they placed the Cervidil and 45 minutes later, I was having, um, contractions or waves every two minutes and, um, was really intense. Um, just like from zero to 60 really quickly. Um, so I labored like that for 10, it was probably around eight hours. And at the eight hour mark, I, started losing the break in between my contractions Mm. and they were pretty much right on top of each other. Um, and what this was doing was causing heart decelerations for my daughter, of course. Um, so it was one intervention after the next, after the next, from that point forward, um, you know, whole bunch of doctors and nurses running in and getting me on my hands and knees, shoving my chest down onto the bed, giving me an oxygen mask, giving me the terbutaline to slow down the contractions and, um, you know, let her heart rate recover. And then Pitocin because my contractions stopped and then the whole thing all over again. And the talk of the cesarean. Yeah. It was like, you know, all of the things that you kind of fear, when someone really wants an unmedicated birth. Um, and so it was like one thing after the next that I just had to like roll with the punches, you know, and the whole time you're knowing like 
no matter what, I just want this to turn out okay. Um, but I did have faith in the fact that like, she's strong and this will turn out okay. Like I did have that in the back of my mind. Um, at one point the doctor came in and she was like, we need to talk about a cesarean. And you know, if this happens again and we can't get her heart back on the map, then it's an emergency situation. And you know, a question that I asked in the moment is like, well, what's the difference between an emergency cesarean and a planned cesarean? And the first thing she said to me was, well, there will be adequate time to numb you. And I was like, <laughs> okay, um, well, um, so she, we had this conversation, she left and, um, my husband and I, and my mom who was there as well, we all talked it over with our doula and I decided that I wanted to wait and not schedule a cesarean. And if it happened again, if her heart, you know, dropped again and it was really, you know, looking like it was heading in that direction, we would schedule it and it never happened again. So I was able to have a vaginal birth, which I was really grateful for. Um, but I had been on an epidural for several hours and it was slightly less, um, it was slightly better, I should say, slightly better than the discomfort of the labor. But I really hated the feeling of like being numb and unable to move. That mm. was like not cool. So that was, that was my experience with Everly. And it was like very much not what I envisioned. Um, the positive takeaway was that we felt really respected and, you know, listened to, um, which is really important. But, um, you know, this time around, I wanted something completely different for, for everyone's experience. So let's talk about that. What did you learn from your first birth that you've said, okay, I'm going to try this differently. And then how did you approach your second birth differently? And I know you did hypnobirthing this time and I saw the pictures and the videos. I'm like, I, I was pretty in awe. So let's open yeah. that up. I am too, actually. Um, so I guess my preparation started like well before it was like at the end of my pregnancy. Um, I had that first experience as my context. Um, and so I did everything that I could to get my cervix in a favorable place. <laughs> so, um, you know, I did all the things <laughs> from 36 weeks on. I was eating my six dates a day. I was using 1500 milligrams of evening primrose oil <laughs> up the hatch three times a day. I was um, going for walks every day, lots of sex for the prostaglandins, even though it's like not easy at that point in your life. <laughs> Let's just take a beat. And tell <laughs> I've told people that and I, I've had two kids myself. I remember at 40 weeks, you're like, it's about getting the job done. <laughs> I like that you just put, not easy. No, <laughs> get the job done. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Um, so yeah, and lots of prenatal yoga, going on walks every day. I know there's so many other things that I did that I'm not thinking of at the moment. Oh, lots of red raspberry leaf tea, um, like four cups a day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just doing anything I could to know that like, okay, 
I've put myself in the best position that I possibly can. And that's good. Even just knowing that creates like a a more positive mindset Mm -hmm. and there's no regrets, you know, I don't have to look back and say, Oh, I should have eaten the dates that I just dis they're disgusting to me, (laughs) but I still eat them. Um, so, but more important than all of that, I decided to, um, do the hypno babies program. So from what I understand, hypnobirthing and hypno babies have essentially the same philosophy, but, um, hypno babies is, is way more rigorous. Mm. So, um, it's a full childbirth education program. I, I bought the home study course. Usually people go in person, but, um, pandemic times mean you do it on your own. So, um, it's a really comprehensive program and I was really impressed with, you know, the kind of information and how it was presented and, um, and not just like, here's what happens physiologically, but also touching on your nutrition and your physical health, um, you know, and how you can get your baby optimally positioned. It was like a really wonderful, um, amount and, and, um, quality of information. Um, and you have these hypnosis tracks, that you start practicing. So it's about, you have like an, um, your big hypnosis track that you do every day, which is anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. And then you have your, um, techniques that you practice putting yourself into hypnosis. So they use a lot of different methods like cue words, um, and something called the finger drop method where you literally just lift your index finger. And when it drops, you visualize like a light switch turning off Mm. and you're conditioning your, your mind and your physical body to, um, kind of use your willpower to remain loose and limp anytime your switch is off and anytime you're in hypnosis. So you practice that in the beginning before you learn that there's also a center switch where you can stay deep in hypnosis, but you can, you know, reposition your body if you're uncomfortable or you can um, tell your care provider something if they ask you a question or, you know, whatever it is. Um, So you're using these hypnosis tracks on a daily basis and you're really reprogramming your subconscious um, to think about birth in a really positive way. So there's um, all of these uh, new... um, like new terminology for birth. It's you're not laboring. It's your birthing time and you're not having contractions. You're having pressure waves or birthing waves. And, um, it really helps you to kind of reframe what you're about to experience. Um, and then in addition to that, there's 45 minutes of positive affirmations that you listen to on a daily basis. So it's a, it's a big time commitment. And, um, I fully committed to it. Like, thinking that, you know, I had one friend who had used hypno babies in the past and she had, um, two daughters, um, using hypno babies. And she sent me some videos that I was like blown away by. It looks like she's napping in bed and she's, you know, eight centimeters dilated. And so I was like, I'm trying that. So, um, this was my, my biggest, um, way that I can, I, um, prepared myself for the second birth. Um, also I had to do everything I could to kind of stay out of the fear zone because I felt intuitively like this is going to be, I think I have long pregnancies. 
Like that's what I intuitively was feeling. So the fear of induction was definitely like bubbling under the surface, but I was trying to stay away from that. Um, I should mention that there are fear clearing tracks and I'm so glad um, you brought that up because that was something I was going to ask because it mm -hmm. your first birth was not what you had envisioned and yeah. it definitely had some twists and turns. And I'm imagining from that, there might've been some fears, fears of carrying, of repeating what mm -hmm. you had done the first time, mm -hmm. having that again. So yeah. tell me about those, the, the tracks and how did you be, did you identify some of those fears ahead of time besides just long labors or, or not oh, long labors, yeah. long, no. long pregnancies? And how did you work through that? Oh, definitely. So that was like, um, you know, I kind of held in my mind for like future pregnancies before I was actually pregnant, like, I'm going to have the dream birth that I wanted and I'm, I'm going to feel what it's like for my body to go into labor on its own and, and to, you know, feel that gradual, um, process versus like zero to 60. Mm. Um, and so as like time was creeping on and I'm 37 weeks, 38 weeks, 39 weeks, 40, 41, <laughs> then it starts to get really real. Um, so past 40 weeks, I started listening to a hypnosis track called baby come out <laughs> where, um, you know, you're, it's another 45 minute track that you add to your daily list of things that you're doing and listening to. Um, and it's like, you're talking with your baby and you're listening to your baby for any downloads that they're giving you about why they're not ready to come out yet. Or, um, and there's a fear clearing element where you, um, you envision um, like a big movie screen, like you're gone to the movies and you put your fear up on the screen and, um, you just really face it essentially. And then you picture it just getting smaller and smaller. The color draining becomes black and white, and then it just kind of moves away from you, moves away from you. And it's a nice way to kind of know that like, yes, there are fears, but, um, you have control over how you respond to them more than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, so the other big difference in how I approached, um, this fear was using midwifery care this time. So instead of, um, seeing OBGYNs, which I've, I've absolutely loved our, our OB in Los Angeles, he was wonderful, um, and voted in his class, most likely to become a midwife <laughs> he shared with us. Um, but the midwifery care that we were, that we had during this pregnancy was really supportive and really encouraging. And, you know, I, they really helped to alleviate some of those fears. So, um, yeah, that's a I, lot. I that's... And I'm, that absolutely is. And, and I appreciate that. I appreciate the, the pause of like, okay, the first time still you were respected, you felt supported, you felt heard, but didn't necessarily want to repeat that. And yeah. so that yeah. the, a different, a different process. And I can, and you know, you've watched me now through two pregnancies, so I can relate. Um, my first one was very long and I carried a lot of fear of like, I don't know if I can do that again. Yeah. I, I don't. And I remember my midwife's like, so what, what is your biggest fear? I'm like, I just don't know if I can do it again. Cause the healing yeah. for me, because I pushed oh. for, 
hours. Five hours. Did five you hours. Push? I did. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, five hours. Well, you don't forget <laughs> a detail like that. <laughs> and I'm like, my pelvic floor is like down to my ankles. Like it just, I was a hot mess. And yeah, yeah, I had a yeah. big fear of what, like, I can't do it again. She's like, what if you have to, like what that is? And I'm like, I guess I'm just going to have to face it and do it. And so that's why I was so interested to hear how it was different for you. Cause I, I know your birth was also long and, and I, I was gathering as you and I talked to you before, I'm like, I'm sorry that I'm putting this on you for my own brain that you don't want it the same way. And you're like, nope. Yeah. No. So that is why I was curious. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure you experienced this, but you know, we don't have control. Yes. And control. that is hard get to choose. <laughs> yeah. So like past a certain point, you're just driving yourself crazy right? To just keep fearing what you can't control anyway. So it's like, okay, yeah, this fear is there, but like in the end, I just have to let it go and have a little bit of faith that like, it's going to, it's going to happen as it's meant to happen. And I'll deal with whatever challenge comes about this time. (laughs) But what I do appreciate and and I also was able to do is I recognize I could set myself up in a different manner than I had the first time. So I did a ton of body work. I did Mm -hmm. acupuncture. I did acupuncture both, but I did Mm -hmm. a ton of chiropractic and physical therapy because when I Mm -hmm. stepped back, I'm like, I could have aligned my body better Mm -hmm. so that the baby could be better aligned. And I felt like if I at least took those steps Kind of like what you said, like you ate the dates because you didn't want to go back and like, oh, could I have, yeah. could I have eaten two more dates? So like <laughs> I did, I did the things that I felt were helpful. So should it be the same? At least I know I tried. And that's kind of sounds like the approach mm-hmm. that you took as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, um, yeah, you like remind me that I wish I could have done a little bit more, <laughs> but <laughs> pandemic times mean you could, you know, I went to pelvic floor therapy and then was like, this is, feels dangerous. Like I'm putting myself, I'm exposing myself too much, you know. I remember you and but, I talked yeah. about that because we're, we are in the middle of a pandemic and it's like, I remember saying like, going to the chiropractor, going to the acupuncture, it's not it's a, yeah. it's a lot more to take into consideration. All right. Yeah. We're going to take yeah. a quick break. When we come back, I want to hear the birth story. Yay. Mm-hmm. All right. So <laughs> take a super quick break. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day. Couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Okay, so I am elated. I'm like bubbling to hear this because (laughs) you were kind enough to send me these videos of you and labor and 
Yeah. You don't really like, I have now seen as a doula, I'd seen over a hundred births. I had seen a very small handful of what I would call like almost like an orgasmic birth. My friend Liz was just like in this altered state. And it was fascinating. I was with her for all three kids, her middle one altered state. I'd seen a few others that were just in this zone, but you almost took it to a, a different zone. So like a, like a deep twilight zone. So let's, let's hear about it. So I was thinking about how do you tell a birth story? Because there's like what's happening physiologically and, you know, with on the medical side of things and then what's happening personally within your own experience. So, okay. So, well, I feel like I should paint it a little bit with some details about what was happening. So I went in for before that, my, my birthing waves started exactly a week ago on a, um, Wednesday at three 30 in the morning. Um, and I felt, I know I had, I had mentioned to you in a yoga class that like I was having lots of really strong Braxton Hicks for like 48 hours. When these birthing waves started, I felt like, okay, they're, these are different. You know, they feel like, um, really low, in my uterus and they were menstrual related, like sensationally, but, um, definitely different. So I ignored them and thought like, okay, I'm, I'm envisioning a really fast labor. (laughs) So let me get some rest right now. So, um, I just slept as much as I can and the waves continue to come every 15 minutes. And, um, but I would like drift off to sleep in between. And when I woke up the next morning, it was like, it was so beautiful. It had started snowing and it was like this kind of whimsical look outside. And my daughter was so excited. It was the first snow she had really seen. And it felt like a special day, you know? So, um, my dad like made this beautiful breakfast and we were all, you know, by the wood stove and it was so cozy. And I was feeling like so positive about what was about to happen. And I would, you know, feel a wave come on and I'd stand up and, you know, lean over the dining room table and just kind of sway my hips and breathe through it and sit back down and continue eating my grapefruit. (laughs) And, um, or my husband would stand behind me and I'd lean into him So it was like really lovely and really cozy. And, um, throughout the day, my waves were like getting more sporadic and it was clear that I wasn't going to have that short birth that I had envisioned for myself. Um, Well, it was shorter than the first. No, it was longer. Was it? Half an hour. Yeah. Just a little bit. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was shorter. Okay. Um, so anyway, I had originally scheduled an appointment for later that day. And I called to cancel and doctor called last minute, literally 10 minutes before my appointment was supposed to be and said, come back in for a stress test. Um, because at this point I was 39 weeks and four days or 39 weeks and five days. So I went in and I was on the external monitors and, um, my son had one heart deceleration. So he said, you have to go to labor and delivery and have more extensive stress tests, meaning an ultrasound where they measure, you know, how frequently he's moving, how he's breathing, um, 
the amniotic fluid levels, so on and so forth. So, um, and his heart rate, watching his heart. And after that, so throughout this, I'm having waves. They had increased to about every like seven minutes or so. And, um, during this time I could tell that the ultrasound wasn't going that well. And so it was kind of stressing me out. That was like the most stressed out that I was throughout this process. Um, but you know, as the waves would come, I'd just tell everyone to stop talking and stop touching my belly. And I'd just hang my arms limp on the sides and I'd just breathe through it. And then, you know, we'd continue on. So the midwife comes in and says, after all this is said and done. And she says to me, So everything except for the amniotic fluid levels are total crap. And I think we need to do an induction. And so I received that information and I just tried not to go into the fear zone and just like receive the information without judgment, without anything, just, just receive it and, you know, make a decision from that point. The whole time my, my husband was like being really communicative with me and trying to, we were both trying to stay positive no matter what, you know? So, um, she left, you know, there's a lot of like time in between conversations and, um, I was still hoping like, okay, we'll do a cervical check and then they'll place a balloon of some sort and I'll have a a mechanical induction. So, um, we went to our room at the birthing center and she checked me and I was two centimeters and she's like, that's, that's really good news. Um, let's use a cook balloon, which puts, um, I hadn't heard of it at the time, but it puts the balloon above and below your cervix and that pressure on your cervix, um, helps you to efface and dilate. So, um, she left and during that time, I just continued working through waves. Um, and then I was able to get into hypnosis a little bit more because up to that point, I was really just using relaxation techniques and, you know, speaking mantra in my own head, but, um, not listening to my tracks. And it was honestly difficult. I was two centimeters dilated and it was like, um, way more, I want to say like bubble of peace for the, for the hypno babies people that will listen. Um, I'm going to use some uh, terminology that's not like hypno babies kosher, but, um, (laughs) it was painful. It was painful. So, um, once I got into hypnosis, it was like everything just became exponentially easier. So when they came to place the the cook balloon, I had dilated another centimeter and she said, let's just see how you labor on your own. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll just continue checking in. Now, my heart, my son's heart was still um, dipping essentially with every birthing wave that I had. So, um, on the outside, outside of my own personal experience, there was our, our wonderful nurse that we fell in love with that would, you know, try so desperately to like move the external monitors, um, because they had originally placed a Monica and it wasn't picking up his heart rate enough. So they were having to like move the ones around all the time, um, to try and get his heart back on the map. And, you know, this is also really common that you have this like microscope on a baby's heart and there are natural peaks and dips, but, um, it was really dipping quite a bit and they were worried about placental decline. 
So, um, with my, with his gestational age. So it was all I could do to just like stay out of the fear zone and, and in my tracks, like it was so wonderful because you're hearing this constant feed of positive self-talk and I would hear what I needed to hear and latch on to certain things, um, and, and attach them to my breath. Meaning, um, for, for a good majority of my birthing time, I would breathe in deeply and say, Pen is safe, my son's name. And I'd breathe out and say, I am safe. I used that for like a huge portion of uh, my birthing time because I knew on the outside that there was like shuffling and there was like some stress. And I was letting them deal with that and just staying in, in the calm, cool, loving zone. Cause I knew that was the only thing that I had within my control to, to help the situation. So man, it's hard to tell a birth story because you're so removed as well from like what's actually happening. Um, I guess at this point I, they continued to check me. They give me cervical checks only because it was really touch and go. Um, at one point our nurse came in and she was prepped for the OR and she said, they're talking about a cesarean because of his, his heart dipping so much with every wave. Um, and so when she left the room, my husband came over to me and there's, um, a change of plans like script so that you can process the information and you can, um, deal with fears that you have associated with this change of plans put them in a box and then put the box in a closet so you could deal with that at another time, but know that they're there. Um, anyway, and I had resolved to get a cesarean. I said, if this is going to be, um, risky for him, like I know the love of my daughter and I, I can't imagine if something happened to my son. I, I don't know him yet, but I know I'm going to love him. Like, you know, so I, I just, decided, okay, let's, let's schedule the cesarean. <laughs> so doctor, I, I told my midwife and she was like, okay, I'll get the doctor and we could talk about it. And, um, I feel so grateful, so, so grateful that without even me noticing it at the time, they both steered me away from that and towards, you know, having an unmedicated vaginal birth as I wanted. Um, and How so did they do that. Well, they said, you know, we're not in an emergency yet. And we really think with a lot of, um, positional changes, we can keep him getting enough oxygen because in between birthing waves, his heart rate was beautiful. So, um, they said with, IV fluids and potentially an amnio infusion to give him a little extra um, wiggle room in there. Buoyancy, yeah. Some buoyancy that he would be doing a little bit better. So I I was like, okay, I'm 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 on board. So they gave me a cervical check at that point and I was six centimeters and I was like, okay, I can I can let's work with this. So from that point forward. I went like really deep, like really deep into hypnosis. And, um, I don't know what was happening outside of, you know, my own body, but all I could do 
was breathe. And this is where it gets like so fascinating for me because, you know, it's, it's really interesting because you're in this sensational experience that's like bigger than anything you've ever felt in your life. And so uh, you're very much involved in that. (laughs) Um, And then at the same time, I felt completely removed. Like I was witness to this experience in my life. So similar to like um, in a meditation, when you can kind of separate your own personal experience in the moment and you can look in as, as an outsider and see how you're responding to this physical and mental challenge that you're bumped up against. So it was like simultaneously the, the most present and the most embodied I have like ever felt in my life. And I know I'll get emotional because it was just like, it was such a profound experience. Um, I was like in the most pain I had ever been in, but yet I felt like completely like peaceful and a hundred percent still like I was, I just wasn't allowing myself to respond negatively to it. And the only way I could work through it was like a, a deep use of my breath And it was in the moment that I realized the functional use of your breathing during birth that I would have never really truly understood unless I was there and in it. And what I felt was when I relaxed my whole body as like completely as I could, every time I breathed in, you know, my diaphragm would push down and everything would pressurize down into my uterus. And I would feel, I mean, literally I could feel my baby dilating my cervix. Like when I was that still and that present to what was happening, I could actually feel that happen. (laughs) It was mind boggling. It was mind boggling. And then at the same time, it was pretty darn uncomfortable. (laughs) I'll use that word, but I mean, it's an understatement to say the least. Um, so I mean, I wrote down some of the things that, um, the like mantra and the positive talk that really helped me in the moment as well. Cause I would, I had to latch onto it because it was what really like allowed me to go through it. Um, so things like, you, and it's just the the woman who founded the Hypno Babies, Carrie Tushoff. It's her speaking the whole time, and so I like know her voice so well now. Um, One more time, and believe it with all your heart. I deserve to have a much easier and more comfortable birthing, which is like yes, I do believe that. Um, So it's so important to hear it. Things like this: your cervix effacing and dilating quickly and comfortably open, 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 like deeply relax. Um, with each moment that goes by, you become more confident and more calm. You know, these are like really beautiful things to be hearing and breathing with and working with in your body. Um, 
this one was really helpful for me. Your muscles becoming completely limp and loose, your face and hands always completely relaxed. So calm, so confident, so wonderfully relaxed, and you are so safe. So like these kinds of things were just like beautiful to hear. And it it made you feel held in a very challenging experience. Um, So the thing about hypnobabies is that they um, use this, it's called um, medical grade hypnoanesthesia. So it's for people who are allergic to anesthesia and they need to still get surgery or dental work. And they can work with a hypnotherapist to essentially remove pain. And that's what you're training yourself to be able to do. And I, it doesn't work for everyone. Um, I wasn't able to remove pain, but I was able to learn so many coping techniques so that I could handle whatever sensations I was experiencing. And they give you a lot of ways to reframe, you know, quote unquote pain. And one of the ways was, and this I've repeated a lot, each wave is just like the squeeze of a blood pressure cuff, (laughs) which is funny if you've gone through, you know, a birth and you can recall what it might feel like because it's it's not like the, the squeeze <laughs> a blood pressure cuff, but it's it's similar in some ways. So yeah. I would latch onto that. But so I had this beautiful like positive feedback happening the whole time, and I dilated really quickly um, once I was deep in hypnosis. So. The last time my midwife checked me again, because it was touch and go, and they were still deciding how this should move forward. I was, she said, you're almost nine centimeters. She said, it'll either be another 10 minutes or two hours before you start to feel like you're going to push. And she left the room and the very next wave that I had, um, at this point I was sounding through waves, um, I didn't realize at the time that I was in transformation as they call it or transition. Um, and it was definitely the most intense. It was just, um, like mm through my waves, but I, it was that singular next contraction and I started to spontaneously push. So it, that was lightning fast happened so, so quickly. Um, and then as far as hypnobabies says, um, during pushing it's mother directed and really relaxed. And you essentially let your body do the pushing, um, like really calm, really comfortable, really gentle. But after maybe my second push, my midwife said, Kat, this baby really needs to come out. Can you get him out in the next push? (laughs) And I was like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> you got to wrap your head around this cat. You got to like rise to the occasion. You got to work with this. And it was from, it was the exact opposite of my peaceful, calm, still birth up to 10 centimeters. I was like primal screaming. The, the sounds coming out of my body were like nothing I have ever heard before. And it was the hardest thing I have ever done. Like it was so, so wild. It was like to experience your body, you know, doing something that you've never felt before. Like 
it, it was the biggest sensation I've ever felt. And then you have to put your power behind that as well to try and move a baby out of your body. And I didn't know it, but Penn's cord was wrapped around his neck and his chest. It was kind of on like a seatbelt. And that's why, you know, the pressure of every birthing wave was just, you know, squeezing the umbilical cord and he wasn't getting enough oxygen. It also kept his head tucked. So once he was passing over my pubic bone, he couldn't lift his chin up. The turtle, the little turtleneck, that's what I call it. Kind of emerges like a turtle. (laughs) Totally. So he couldn't make that action. Um, and so I had some pretty significant tearing um, when I finally did get him out. I was pushing for about 30 minutes, and um, which was the same with my daughter. Um, but it was, you know, with my daughter, I, I allowed my body to labor down, but I was still on an epidural. So I could feel sensation, but but not. <laughs> this was like nothing I have ever experienced. And it was the the hardest I ever had to work with all my effort, all my focus. And, and I did it. And it was just, (sighs) it was just the most incredible thing. It, It was like the, the most profound thing is just how proud of myself I am to have, you know, been able to meet a challenge like that. And what I always wanted for myself and it it happened and it's like pretty incredible. And then I have a baby at the end of it (laughs) that I like absolutely love and adore. And it's just surreal. It's just been like such a beautiful, beautiful experience since then. I feel like profoundly impacted and um, what a beautiful way to set myself up for a, a career as a doula. <laughs> That's how I feel just like so empowered and so proud. And um, just, um, I have like a new belief in what we're able to do when you put, when you frame your mind in a positive way, you know, and are present to a challenge and a situation. Um, it was like a practice in self-control and being fully present at the same time. So it was so wild and so important in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I have no words. I have tears, but I have no words. I'm, I'm so honored that you shared that with me. I, as I was listening, I just was in awe it is so profound and so raw and so beautiful. I can't thank you enough for being brave enough to put yourself out there and share this because I'm so excited for those that might have a lot of fear. Those, cause you know, it, it can be mm-hmm. birth. We don't know what it is. We don't know yeah. how it's going to turn. And, mm-hmm. and just that you shared that you had fear and that it was hard and, and you found your way, you hit that wall you scaled that while you found something so deep inside yourself mm-hmm. to get yourself to the other side. Cause we, whether it's birth or parenthood or another struggle, so many of us hit that wall and we need to find mm-hmm. something to like, you said like that primal, like those sounds. Wow. And, and the coping mechanisms, like, I mean, honestly, I feel I, I was, 
shocked with what it looked like from the outside when I saw videos that my husband took of, of me birthing and you know, you would have no idea what kind of a challenge it actually was. But I mean, I feel so grateful that I, I'm committed to this, you know, path with hypno babies, because honestly, I just, based on my, my sensations at two centimeters without hypnosis versus going through transformation or transition with hypnosis, it was like night and day. And I'm really excited to share that with any listeners because it was profoundly helpful. And I think it, you know, has potential to help so many people. So it's, it's just been an incredible experience. So I'm, I feel so honored to have been able to share it with you in this community because like I said, I've been listening to your podcast religiously since you started and, you know, we've stayed connected over the 10 years that we've known each other and tears special. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh. Thank you. I'm just, oh, thank you. I'm so honored and I'm so excited for other people to hear this. And I'm so excited for you. I'm just so thank you. happy for you. That well, you know what it feels like to meet a challenge like that. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it is literally a wall that one has to scale. And what, something that popped in my head is that you're saying, like on the videos where you look so calm, but yet you had this internal turmoil that you were struggling with. It just made me also step back and think how many times we see somebody and we don't know what they're going through on the inside. Totally. And that makes me think a lot also about the postpartum period. Um, oh, yeah. You know, like we just don't know what's going on. Um, and I guess to approach things with kindness and people with kindness. I know that's just kind of popped into my head. Totally. Totally. Like what an important, you know, role to for life. Yeah. Right? Oh my gosh. I have so much going on in my brain. All right. We're going to, I'm, ta- <laughs> we need a quick break. So I have to reground myself. When we come back, I'd love for you to offer, you've been now through two very different births. You've been in the pregnancy world. You've been a parent for a while. If there's one final tip or piece of advice that you would like to pass on to those that are either in the midst of pregnancy or themselves are an, are a new parent, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Okay. So what is, what's on the tip of your tongue? What's, what's rolling around in your head? Um, well, I think, you know, my experience and my, the way I talk about how I prepared for this kind of speaks for itself as far as how I would, um, offer somebody advice about how to prepare. I guess this was so helpful for me personally not that it's helpful for everyone, but it was for me. But I think more than anything, it's like, even after my first experience, 
uh, the most profound part of the whole experience is, is the love that you're going to have when you, when your baby's in your arms and, um, not that that should ever negate your own personal experience and how you feel, you know, supported or unsupported in a birth experience. But, um, you know, the thing that really fills me up is, is like what I'm going through right now, getting to know my son and seeing my daughter interact with my son. And, and how is she um, liking that? How is she liking being oh, a big sister? She's, she's a, she's a really proud big sister. And <laughs> she, she, you know, she'll say all the time, she'll wake up in the morning and we'll say, do you want to go downstairs and see Penn? And she's, she'll say, yeah, I'm his big sister. It's really <gasps> sweet. Um, and I'm so happy we'll for you probably, and your family. So she's such a proud sister. Um, but I guess the most important thing is to focus on, um, you know, that huge, huge love high that's, that you're about to get right around the corner. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I'm so happy for your family. I truly, truly am. All right. So Thank where you. can people find your work? Cause I know that you're still teaching. Well, I'm not right this moment. You're not teaching yoga, um, but, <laughs> but you yeah. will and, and your doula work. It's so exciting. So, um, it's a big year of transitions geographically. Um, we'll be moving moving to Chicago at some point really soon. Um, how soon? One sec. Um, really soon, probably in the next like two months or so, as soon as I'm healed and we're in, we have a handle on two kids. Um, so uh, until at a certain point, I'll be teaching digitally again. Not sure when that will be, um, but you can find me at my website, catacquavivayoga.com um, or on Instagram, catacquaviva. And um, yeah. I'm That's so it. excited for you. You have such, <laughs> it's such a broad path ahead of you, you know, moving new family, adding all the doula work. I'm so happy for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, thank you for being brave enough and raw enough to share your story. I appreciate it Mm -hmm. so much. Thanks for giving me the space to process and and get that out. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. All right. I hope to see you in some, some postnatal when, when you're ready, when you're, totally. when your healing has given you the permission, your body has given you the permission. Thanks. I'll be back. Don't worry. Yay. All right. Be well. Take care, Deb. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.